Good morning, everyone. And we warmly welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion on this most beautiful April day in Plainfield. Our subject today is Are Sin, Disease, and Death Real? And we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And thank you all so much for joining us. We'll begin with our prayer. Good morning. I'm reading from Miscellany, page 165. Goodness never fails to receive its reward, for goodness makes life a blessing. As an active portion of one stupendous whole, goodness identifies man with universal good. Thus may each member of this church rise above the oft-repeated inquiry, What am I? To the scientific response, I am able to impart truth, health, and happiness. And this is my rock of salvation and my reason for existing. Thank you. Okay, watching point. Watch 91. Watch lest you believe that disease and pain are an attack on your body or that air seeks to reach your thought by attacking the body with discord. Such a conclusion would reverse the human fact of substance and its shadow if anything in the human can be said to be a fact. Can a shadow talk back to its object? Can the clay reply to the potter? Can a blackboard talk back to the one doing the sum upon it? No, but the sum may be done incorrectly. Never look at the body to see if the error has disappeared. If we do, we see the error as physical or belonging to the individual or see that man has a material body. Then we do not trust scientifically. Now, you know that one and one are two, two and two are four, three times three are nine. You know that much of the truth of numbers, and it is all powerful, no matter how much air you know. As it is with numbers, so it is with science. The little you do know is real and reflects God. No matter how much air you know that you have not worked out of yet. For as you know more and more of truth, all air disappears from thought. No air can bind us beyond our belief in it. End quote. Thank you. Comments? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm the end of the round table. Lawrence, can you hear me? You sound very far away from yeah, the microphone. Yeah, I think I think you're. Are you on speakerphone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. The very end of the round table last week. Lawrence referred to page 27 in the blue book, and I've been using that paragraph a lot. But in connection with this watch. 
It was so good. Um, it said, we want to say, I, you cannot talk to me. I have put you off. And I changed that I, E-Y-E, to the little I. And I, I, I've been, it's been so helpful to, to say, I, that little I that wants to, through the body, however wants to talk, the old man, I have put you off. So every time I think about the body, I, I, and every time I, my thought wants to check it or see why that, I put you off. I can't talk to me. I have put you off. And it has just been so, um, the resurrection, which was so, so our focus last week, um, where it, she, it says the resurrection is seeing the real man that was never in matter. He was never sick to me, to me made well. And I just saw the connection between that last that paragraph and this watch. So helpful this week that we've put it off. There's nothing to look at then. Thank you. Good. We should all get to the point where we can put things off mm. with confidence, right? Yes. Not, not by ignoring them, but with the confidence of what is real and is true. It sounds like, um, you know, the, the, the way we know two plus two is four, nobody can tell us different. The whole, the whole of your city can be yelling is 10, but you are so confident in, in that fact. It doesn't move you. I also like where it says, no error can bind us beyond our belief in it. So. Yeah. And we can't, you know, because we can't demonstrate what we don't understand. But what we do know will take us through anything if we stick to it. Thank you. Yes. Mrs. Eddy, well, the Bible, uh, uh, you know, faith is tiny as a grain of mustard seed. Will move mountains. Yes. Which is darn tiny. <laughs> darn tiny. <laughs> if you can just hold to that one, one truth you know. I was going to because I think it goes with this address discouragement today, because sometimes I feel that in people. Um, so what, what would you do if you're feeling discouraged? Use the <laughs> Yes. <laughs> think of something positive and good. Yes. I count, your bless count your blessings. Yes. I know at least. Lawrence? No, I, I learned that God is all. God is my life. Yes. watch in 500 watches says how to rise above with joy. That's right. If you've lost your joy, you, you get that back, or you can't rise up without your joy. Whenever I get a feeling of discouragement, I remember how bad it was before coming to Plainfield <laughs> and that 
just intense feeling of hopelessness and how small my world felt and how much has changed since then. Usually I only got to think of that for like 20 seconds and then all is well. So. Yeah, I know, I agree. What it, was, what it once was. But this, this watching point, just the little you do know is real and reflects God, even if it's just one little thing, one statement, just like in math, one plus one is two, that you were totally convinced of. You hold to that and and know yesterday is over, tomorrow's not here, you have just now, only now. And that was so, I'm sorry, Mary. What? I mean, that is so important to me um, because sometimes, you know, we think we don't know enough. We hear that suggestion or that temptation. But to know that you do know something because you obviously have demonstrated before, so you do hold to that little seed, and that pulls you out of the discouragement, I think. Yes. Yeah, it does. And that's why what Joanne said is so important. Count your blessings. Remember what God has done for you. Remember something and be grateful for it. And then remember that that is true. It's a result of a divine law that is always with you, always in operation. And when you can, when you can take the blessings that you've had, turn them around and recognize that it's God working it's God's perfection being manifest in your life. It's something that you can always be grateful for. In I other- think one other insight that has helped me is I used to, if I woke up and felt all demoralized, I just accepted it as true or feeling depressed. I accepted it as true. Where if it was a headache, I might be more quick to reject it. When it's an emotion, I kind of just accepted it. But that's also not true. If it's not good, it's not from God, no matter which form it comes to you. Thank you. Very, very important. Yes, it's not true. And that's how the era gets in. It makes you think it comes to you in a way that you accept it. You know, you think that, yeah, you maybe you've been a depressed person most of your life. You accept these thoughts. You have to start challenging it. That's a very, very important point. It's not the truth about you. The other thing that helps me is I start praying for every member of the church. It just kind of takes the focus off myself, and I just start knowing that every member of this church is wrapped in God's love, has the mind of Christ, and can't be touched by anything unlike God. Thank you. That's, these are all ways, we're, and we're going to talk about how to heal the sick and sinning, including yourself, because this lesson is like a master plan for it. Last week and the weeks before, we've talked a lot about raising the dead and what that requires. <laughs> um, Eaglet sent me a whole list of what she thought were recent examples of raising the dead it's still going on it, it's gone on in this church it's not a thing of the past um, and therefore the lesson says shall we think it impossible 
to raise the dead? No, of course not. None of these things are impossible. So, and I thought too, um, Louise in her forum, she made a whole list of, of Christ's mission, which were beautiful. I won't go over all of them, but it, it, it speaks to what Joe just said. And it also speaks to what Florence read in her prayer about what did Mrs. Eddy say her reason for existence was? I think I mean part truth, health, health and, and happiness. Mm-hmm. Is that your reason for existence? Is it really? Is it? It should be, if you want to exist. (laughs) Love alone is life. If that's not your reason for existing, why are you existing? I mean, you know, existence can be pretty horrible just existing, right? What's it all about, Alfie? (laughs) Yeah, if you always feel lost, that's a a good example of how to get out of that. Good, because sometimes people will say, I'm just lost. You're not, you get your compass out. <laughs> not yeah. lost. Right. And, 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 and what is it that causes people to feel lost? One is when they're looking for happiness in the wrong places, right? Well, they don't have a purpose. They feel like there's no purpose in their life. What yeah. am I living for? As the song says. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... So I love this list of Louise about the mission of Christ Jesus, because to me, that's also the mission of ourselves and of our church. That's our reason for existing. So maybe if you don't have this for your existence, then maybe that's why you're so discouraged. You have to have a, a something outside yourself to live, to want to live, to have joy in your life. And what she says to save and not condemn, to show mortals how to do their work, but not to do it for us, nor to relieve us of a single responsibility. That was one thing I loved the first time I called Mrs. Evans. She didn't just say, I'll, you know, I'll have this wonderful treatment for you. She gave you all these things to work with and things to do, um, which it should be. I love where Mrs. Eddy says it. She says it at least once and maybe maybe twice, but that we heal by teaching and teach by healing. I think this is how she operated. It's how I operate. I'm sure it's how Florence operates. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not this one-sided thing. You wave this magic wand and everything's wonderful. This is digging into the truth of your being. And it's most important that you understand and get past a superficial sense of existence and mrs eddie states it requires a change of base right of thought yes a change of yeah a change of base so it has to it has to involve some kind of teaching because it requires a change of thought because what is healing after all it's knowing (laughs) yeah and isn't it Clearing our own vision, the way we see life, the way we see everything that's about us, to see God's perfection at work. Because when we 
when we're you know experiencing sickness or sin or death we're just seeing things incorrectly you know this is a big one and that's why you shouldn't be and and i know probably everybody has done it looking at for the physical evidence right <laughs> you go oh, let's see mm-hmm. if i'm doing okay depends on whether i see what i think i see or not <laughs> well you're looking in the wrong direction one thing I was working on a few years ago is like with the watching, not trying to look out and see that these things we're watching about actually are are gone. Just not having a doubt that God is working. Thank you. You know, years ago, well, when things got pretty bad in this church and um, it could have been very, very discouraging and after a long, long siege, people were tired and many left. And I understand that. Um, there were just a few left. Um, and we could have given in to that discouragement and just said, okay, take up our money chips and go. I don't know what else, or just whatever, just leave it. Um, but there was something brewing with a few left that couldn't do that. And we had one person here who I call him a visionary. He was the one who got the website going and started and and saw many wonderful things. He's the one who picked Florence for as a practitioner. He's the one who decided we should read a, a testimony at our services on Sunday. He had many wonderful ideas, and I will, I'm everlastingly grateful to him. He was a good healer. But at some point, he decided to go, too. And it, it would can be very, very discouraging to see this. But we can't give in to it. And we held on to what whatever we had. What do you have in the house, as we talked about a few weeks ago? We had a little bit. We had what we had. And we took what we had. And God sent us Jeremy. And God sent us all of you. And what And what happened to you? Jeremy, with the YouTube, we were told not to put our things on YouTube at one point, but from someone who would seem to have known. Oh, yeah. I was only here a little bit when it seemed like the YouTube was the next thing, and I started working on it. Never made a video before that <laughs> or any of that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I got a lot of pushback about it. And then it was also kind of discouraging that, you know, it was many months before we got even one, one uh, subscriber. I remember it, it was July 13th of 2013 that it was started. And then in May of the following year, I, I told my practitioner, I, I don't want to waste the church's like, time or money by doing this if it's not working. And then she said, well, just give it a little bit more. And then just... Just we're like almost popcorn. to the gold. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, almost, and that's it. It wants you to give up right before you're ready to succeed. So, and and so we took the little we have and we work with that, and think about how discouraged Christ could have felt. And I've been reading; it's a it's a beautiful biography. Or, or Mrs. Eddy. Yeah, the beautiful mm-hmm, Twelve well. Years with Mrs. Eddy by mm-hmm. Tomlinson reading about her and how many times I was talking to Gary about it this morning, one thing after the other, losing her husband, losing her mother, losing her child. 
students deserting her. Yes. And mm-hmm. Not seeing her right. Mm-hmm. I just read the whole last chapter of that book the other day. I was talking about uh, Christ Jesus and Mrs. Eddie were making sure their students saw them right. And I just was thinking, well, I got to see myself right, too. We got to see everybody right. Yes. So. so honestly, please don't talk about discouragement. All right. It, it don't. I mean, you can you can be struggling. Yes. But. To say you're discouraged just shows what? You've eaten no the faith in God at all. Yeah, no, no. You've eaten the devil's pork. Well, somebody, <laughs> and I don't know where it is, but somebody, you know, somebody wisely said that, that discouragement is the wedge that the devil uses right. to get to you. And from there it gets worse if you allow it. Yeah, that's on our website, the yeah. devil's auction or something like that it it was most beloved tool was discouragement he wasn't going to sell that one because when he could get you discouraged then all his little friends and everybody else comes pouring on top of you so you have to fight the good fight make your gratitude list you cannot to me if you're discouraged it means you're not grateful that's what, that's what you're saying. You might as well say, instead of saying, I'm so discouraged, you can say, I'm so ungrateful. <laughs> then I'll say, okay, well, let's do something about that. <laughs> but discouragement means, oh, poor, poor soul. Well, no, not poor, poor soul. <laughs> no. Tell me you're ungrateful, and then we'll do something, because that's your problem. Truly. I know. I speak from experience. I'm not trying to say anything I haven't struggled with myself a lot. What has helped me is, I always remember God has helped me before, and he always will. And that's whether it's national, international, personal, but that breaks the mesmerism, and it helps me. Yes, hitherto the Lord has helped us. Hitherto, he will. I think it's so important not to outline, too, because if you outline, then you create these expectations. And then that might not be the right expectation to be relying on. It's <laughs> so. it. It's not. No. Your your timetable is very different from God's. In fact, you're already well. <laughs> okay, you're perfect <laughs> now. So it's like what what is it that I'm I'm supposed to heal? <laughs> Don't you know that you're perfect now? Yes. I made you perfect. Yes. So. Yeah. And honestly, you know, Florence and I have often talked about how long it took. And our, and we're still on it. I mean, no one arrives at perfection. I'm still going. I'm still on it. So um, until we've our angels singing <laughs> hymns of praise at the heavenly gates. <laughs> but anyway, we've all got our things to work out. Mrs. Eddie handled discouragement for her home. It helps me so much to you watch his further arguments treatment for the home usually daily yes. and it handles all those negative thoughts that they're you know that they can't come into the home and 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 i found it clear making it easier for me to uh, you know stand and see the progress when there is progress in my thank home. you peace yeah yeah because she knew she felt it she knew it would try to uh, attack all of her students and and uh, it's in the Bible, Jesus warning his disciples, right, about the discouragement and, you know, warning them. They're going to have a lot of stuff to deal with. 
tough stuff. I send you as sheep amongst wolves, yeah. right? <laughs> that was Mrs. Eddie's first watch in the morning. To have to, Thank to you. handle fear or anything or discouragement yes. right Thank away. You. Yes. Thank you. Very important to do it every day to stay ahead of it. Keep your joy. Do all these things we've been talking about and don't give in to it. It's not it's not the truth. You have much to be grateful for. You've just seem to have lost sight of it and you get focused on what's wrong focus on all that's right and you will increase that you know i've noticed people well with vision problems you know you start to think oh i can't see this or this is blurry or well think about all you can see because you can see a lot right you're still (laughs) you're still looking and seeing think about what you can see and be grateful for all you can see and I've, I've experienced this myself, and pretty soon you're seeing more and more and more. Be grateful for what you, you think you have one, one arm that hurts you. Well, think about the arm that's doing great. Think about your two legs that are fantastic. Think about what you can do. Don't focus on this one thing and obsess with it. Think of all that you can do, and thank God, and you'll see you'll be doing more and more and more. It's just the way of it, because God is a good and loving God. And this is how you heal the, the sick and the sinning. First of all, get your joy, get your gratitude. They're two essential ingredients to any healing. You can't be dragging around and feeling like Eeyore. Gonna, <laughs> gonna <run>. <laughs> <laughs> I love Eeyore. He was adorable. <laughs> I guess today will be the worst day ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to laugh at it. Because we've all been there. We've all done that. And it's not fun. No. <laughs> fun at all. I just wanted to say from that page 185 and miscellaneous writings that was brought up the other day that it says having no need of t- statistics by which to learn your origin and age and to measure your manhood or know how much of a man you've ever been. I think that's so, so wonderful. And, you know, goes right with us. Thank don't, you. Don't look to those numbers. That's right. That's right. We live for eternity. And that's why, yeah, the time thing, this is going on for eternity. So however long you think you've been dealing with a problem, it's a flash in the pan. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you're going to go on forever. So, you know, don't, it's not that long. <laughs> Just keep at it. Keep well, focused. And, and, you know, remember, the mortal mortal evidence has never led you in the right direction. <laughs> it's never been helpful it's not in, your, your friend. In, in your spiritual progress. So don't look to it for whether you're making spiritual progress or not. And that was one thing, Mrs. Eddie, in her home, and we should do it too. She said every hour, what every moment, every hour, everyone in this home is getting better, holier, healthier. Uh, to know this, demand the progress, demand the blessing, and see it. Look for the progress. Sometimes it's so hard to get someone to be looking for the progress because if their big thumb is still sore, they are not. They've made no progress. Zippo, nothing's going on. <laughs> and you can't. That's just not true. It's not true. There's a lot of progress going on. So always there is. Demand the progress. See it. Write it down and be grateful for it. You found a parking spot that day. Well, hallelujah. 
whatever, whatever good happens. Thank God for it. And you'll find it more and more in your experience. And, and the word discouragement comes from the French um, word cœur, which means heart. So it means um, trying to get us to believe that we could ever be disconnected from love. And that's why counting your blessings and loving the church or, or all, all the world or feeling joy is the antidote to it because it, it gives the lie to the fact that we could ever be separate from love. And it makes us become practitioners of love, which then realigns us with what is true. Thank you. That's a power. Thank you. Well, that's fair. Bailey, we're getting a lot of inner. Well, it's static from your phone stick, fairly. <laughs> Did you say anything? Okay, well. Well, so some of the things about healing we're handling discouragement, keeping our joy and gratitude. We're having a mission. Our reason for existing has to be some purified way not just because you want a healing and a big house and a, all your material things to think out as joe said pray for your neighbor your brother your church and then we have this beautiful psalm which you all should know by heart the 91st psalm it's a total treatment for anything and everything and there are some prerequisites to it because because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, my habitation. Have you done that truly? Are you just wishful thinking? Are you living in God? Then no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And, and all that God does, this whole, whole beautiful psalm, all that God does for you, giving his angels charge over you. Carrie found that beautiful um, interpretation by Mrs. Eddie on our website. Mrs. Eddie? Yeah, it was Mrs. Eddie. Oh, okay. Mrs. Eddie, yes. I think dear Royce found that for us a while ago. Anyway, um, it's beautiful. And it takes up each verse. If you don't know it, look at it. It just adds a little more depth to it. But the the angels are the spiritual intuitions that we're given. Always, God's always talking to you. And it keeps you in, in all thy ways. And then they shall bear me up in their hands. And that's the power of right thinking. Lest I dash my foot against a stone. A belief in matter. Power of right thinking. That's why you study. So when you do hit something or come up at any kind of obstacle, physical or mental, you've got that power of your right thought to counteract it. Counteract your belief that matter is, has a power and, ex and exists. Because when you know the real, the counterfeit sticks out like a sore, sore thumb. Or what? <laughs> yeah, that's like your whatever. one plus one equals two. You know it know it so you can't really know it this is doing your work this is abiding in in god this is loving god not being impressed with matter so you've made him him your habitation so you're not fooled by the trickery of mortal mind and then i shall tread upon the lion which is animal courage all the blustery blustery rawr, 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 and 
all this stuff about the nameless nothing and you must listen and submit to me. I'm powerful. <laughs> no, you're not. And the adder, which is the subtlety. Those are the little creeping suggestions that you think, like, like Florence said, even to not catch that you're discouraged and think, oh, I'm just, that's the way I am. I'm discouraged. No, subtle, subtle form perhaps of you trying to buy into something that God's not saying. You're never stuck in a hopeless situation. Ever. No, never. I will make a way in the wilderness, a path in the mighty waters. There's always a way. God will God will lead you out of any situation. That's another subtle thought that, oh, I'll never get out of this. Or the other one that I hear, everyone else heal is healing, but not me. <laughs> well, what kind of, as Florence said, why do you think you're so special? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, you're so special <laughs> that you're, you're not getting your healing. Everyone else's, but no. Great comparison. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you don't, you don't know. That's not even true. I, you don't know what people struggle with. And that's not rejoicing in, in their good either. That's just thinking of yourself again, once again, self. And then the young lion and bl blind enthusiasm or mortal will. And the dragon, malicious animal instinct. And you shall trample them under your feet by your understanding. And then those last three verses that I love so much because God is speaking directly to you because you love him. Because you love him. Because I have set my love upon him. Therefore will he deliver me. He will set me on high. Because I have known his name. This is that he said manifested his nature. I will call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in trouble in my human experience. He will deliver me and honor me, manifest himself through me. With long life, immortal being, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Preservation. All that God does. There's no end to it. Please spend your time thinking on these things. Don't waste it on thinking of the mortal picture. Subverse yourself in these things. That's great healing power, not only for you, but for everyone. And it sure shows that we have work to do. It sure does. Not enough just to know his name. We have to manifest his nature. <laughs> That's, <laughs> this, is a lot of work that, this is it. It's not just this waving thing. It's not it's not to be taken superficially. That's what I was trying to say on Wednesday night. This idea you're a child of God, you just can't take that superficially. It has deep meaning to it. Deep meaning. And it, and then the blessings are manifold. So this is how we heal the sick and sinning. I mean, it's not only a privilege to be the child of God. It's also our responsibility to act like the child of God. Mm -hmm. To make your habitation in God. 
And I find it very helpful to go back to the seven synonyms to, to understand what it means to make God my habitation. It means to make truth my habitation. No tolerance for error. To make mind my habitation. To don't have a mind of my own. Make spirit my habitation. Trust my spiritual sense. Don't look to matter to tell me anything about reality. Go on and on and on. This is work, but it's, it's wonderful work. It's a joyous work because it lifts you above all the garbage that mortal beliefs will throw at you. And, you know, when you take these spiritual journeys into these truths, um, you, you'll come back and find yourself healed if you truly do it. And it is, Carpenter called it a spiritual journey. You, you just delve into the truth of what Mrs. B is saying. And you're just there communing with the Father, thinking about these tremendous truths we've been given. Thank God for this science. I just wanted to say, Gary mentioned about the garbage that gets thrown at. That's one thing that helps me uh, avoid discouragement is how it's openly spoken about here that, you know, these things are going to come. They have to face them. You know, you're not being singled out. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I remember when when my daughter was really young and we were at a restaurant and she was making some noise and I was really, like, like self-conscious about it. And this, this other, like, parent that had older kids, it, don't worry about it. It happens to everybody. It's fine. Nobody cared. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, this isn't just happening to me. <laughs> no, that's right. Yes. So that has been very helpful. Yes. That's a wonderful value of experience and living because you find out. And if, if you think you haven't had any problems, well, then you'll get some and welcome to the family of <laughs> and find, find your humility. <laughs> and, uh, and when problems come to you, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. So don't go there. Yes. A chance to grow. Yes. Opportunity for a future testimony. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's an opportunity. Yeah. Help others. Trials are proofs of God's care. So it just it's a wake up call to get closer to God. It's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> so and it ultimately, it ultimately, you know, teaches you compassion too. That's right. It does. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a thing. Welcome to the club. Not so perfect that you haven't had things to deal with. So, and then in Genesis one, again, how to heal the sick and sinning. You start out on the premise that everything God made. Was what? Good. Very good. Very Excellent. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that goes with citation three in Science and Health. Everything good or worthy God made, whatever is valueless or baneful, he did not make, had since unreality. <clears throat> this is what you, one of the truths, one of the one plus one equals two that you know. You should know this. And then when something comes, confronts you, you can pull that out of your arsenal box and say, aha, you're not going to fool me. 
it's not good. God didn't make it. And I'll know that. Sin, sickness, and death must be deemed as devoid of reality as they are of God, good God. So stick to those truths. You know, in Parthen's post, he talks about the, the leaven of truth, the threefold in nature, the reality of holiness as opposed to the unreality of sin, <clears throat> the reality of health, as opposed to the unreality of disease, and the reality of life as opposed to the unreality of death. And Jesus likened these threefold, this threefold coming of the kingdom of heaven on earth to a woman hiding leaven in three measures of meal. So this is the leaven of truth that goes on, knowing what's true, and knowing what's unreal, and being able to cling steadfastly, which is what Linda wrote about, Linda. Yeah, I love this class. It's giving me even a greater sense, like uh, Gary said, to stick. Cling was to hear closely, firmly, in the interest of affection, and then steadfastly as firmly with constancy and steadiness of mind. And then I just added, cling to the good, the definition of good. The reason I put that in is because I always got the, uh, mixed up with the word nice. You know, everyone says be nice, but then that was a very dangerous plan. And then so I thought about, well, what it, we need to do is be good, and good is very deep. It's honest, uncorrupted, valuable, useful, moral, right, benevolent, kind, highest worth, beneficial, virtue, firm, not weak, complete, opposed to wicked, faithful, fidelity, wise, calm, abundant, satisfied, mercy, Goodwill, peace, contentment, calm, gratitude, joy, trust in God. I mean, it's really not the word nice <laughs> because it's not weak and it doesn't stand for the wicked. Thank you. I loved it. It really helped me. That idea of clinging, abiding in. It's not these, you know, once in a while visiting on occasion. <laughs> And that takes consistency of thought, it takes effort, and it doesn't get handed to you on a silver platter. It's earned and worked for. And then the results, the joy of it all is tremendous. But you have to keep at it, and you can't take detours into discouragement or feeling pity parties and other things. I mean, go ahead if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's not good. No, I, I remember just getting so fed up with myself because after those pity parties, I'd have to crawl out of that hole again. And each time it got harder and harder and I felt weaker and weaker. Finally, I was just so tired of it. I said, I'm not playing your game anymore, Mr. Error. Go to H-E-L-L. -L, and things got much better. And stand up to, we try to take you out of that wonderful place, the error. That's it. Mm -hmm. Stand up and be counted. I know. <laughs> I, every time I'm with my little grandson, I, I keep making up all these songs. I, they just come to me. And one of them is stand up and be counted. Stand up and shout for joy. Because <laughs> he's learning to stand up and be counted. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. Sing these songs to ourselves. The other one is lend a helping hand to everyone you know. <laughs> lend a helping hand and watch love grow and glow. Lend a helping hand and do a and to everyone in need. Lend a helping hand 
and do a loving deed. So anyway, all these simple things, whether they that little book, everything, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten or something. Well, there's some truth to that. Keep it simple. All right. And then the story of the, the woman taken in adultery. And Carrie again. Carrie sent me some really interesting things on that. On that, that um, one. This was kind of interesting. It was came from the biblical illustrator. I'm not sure what that was, but it says, "And the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the middle, and then this is what it says." King Richard I of England, on his way to the Holy Land, was taken captive and thrown into an unknown dungeon. He had a favorite minstrel named Blondel, who knew only that his master was imprisoned somewhere in a castle dungeon among the mountain forests. From one to another of these he traveled, playing some well-known airs before the dungeon bars, till at last his music without was answered by the voice of his king within. This discovery led Richard's return from exile and restoration to his throne. Quote, thus the spirit of man sits like a captive king in a dungeon until the voice of divine music wakes echoes hitherto unknown along his prison house and stirs him with new knowledge, new consciousness, end quote. I guess that's a true story. Isn't that beautiful? It's like was coming to the king. Yes. Woken up his sense of his, his own right to be free. Yes. Yes. And this goes back to healing the sickness and sin, sickness and sinner. And it goes with one of the most beautiful statements of science health on page 476. Jesus beheld in the perfect man. Excuse me, Jesus beheld in science the perfect man who appeared to him where sinning mortal appears to mortals. Sinning mortal man appears to mortals. In this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness, and this correct view of man healed the sick. This is when you see before you anyone sick or sinning, you appeal to this. Because right there is a child of God. It's there. It might be all blurred or whatever else, you know, seems not to be there. But you, you know in there that exists, and you appeal to that. That's God's own likeness is right there. <clears throat> That's the angel message that people respond to. And I don't care how covered up this sickness or sin can be or seem to be or how many years it's gone on. In there is that that being, <laughs> that divine being, and you you speak to it, and you'll bring it out in that person and heal that person. It happens over and over again. <clears throat> Take that wonderful statement from Mrs. Eddy and memorize it, work with it, be it, see that. It's so beautiful. <clears throat> in this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness. And this correct view of man healed the sick. You, and you have to have it for yourself. You can't be going around trying to do it for others unless you have it for yourself. And also this thought, well, you know, I wish you so-and-so was a Christian scientist. Well, who says he's, they're not? Of course they are. 
you think God made a creation and didn't give them the intelligence to know who and what they are? They are Christian scientists. Everybody is. You know, it goes by various names, but we know it as Christian science. And that's seeing the perfect man. So don't see the imperfect man or the man that's not the Christian scientist who just isn't getting it and you'll never, never work out. No, see the truth about that person and you will bring it out because it is true. One plus one equals two. Right. Just the same as every person can appreciate mathematics. Every person can appreciate music. Christian science is not a human thing. It's not a religion. It is, it is the truth about God and his universe. And what God made is capable of knowing the truth. Yes, yes, most important. And then this, I'm going to get all these in, they were so good. The Two Convictions, it's a wonderful article. Um, no, this isn't the article, sorry. This is something um, by an R. Besser. But anyway, it says, the Pharisees convicted by their conscience, the Pharisees convicted by their conscience go away from Jesus. The woman convicted by her conscience remains with Jesus. The Pharisees conceal and withdraw from the Savior their sin, which yet they cannot deny. The woman surrenders her sin to Jesus, for the burden of it she cannot bear. In short, the woman is penitent. The Pharisees are not. Thus it came to pass that the proceeding which the Pharisees were led to adopt through malignantly only served to drive a lost sheep into the arms of the good shepherd. And... Isn't that true? And this is why this, this, if you're dealing with a sinner, you have with sickness, Mrs. Eddie says, you don't have to say you're sick, but with a sinner, you have to, yes, you've sinned and you need to be penitent. The Pharisees were not. That's why the, that's why Jesus rebuked them and called them all kinds of things. because He was trying to get them off their self-righteousness. Well, well, the contrite Mary that wasn't necessary. And so it is with us. When people go around and say they, they're not sinning and everything's great, and you know darn well <laughs> that's not true, well, sometimes they need, a, as Mrs. Evans liked to say, a two-by-four. You have to rouse them out of that self-righteousness. If they're willing to be roused. If they're willing. And it was so beautiful and something else, I think it was another article. It says that, yeah, um, it says... Jesus loathed sin as, as never man loathed it. To no other, un, other individual has sin ever assumed so large dimensions, for it was all uncovered to him, the most secret thought as well as the greatest outward crime. And yet while it was the greatest to him, it was also least, because he saw it deprived, he saw it deprived of all intelligence and power. He saw it... But he saw it for nothingness, and he could really give it to him. And it says, few of the scribes and Pharisees repented during the earthly life of Jesus, but his labor was not lost. So, you know, sometimes when we feel, gosh, they're just not getting it, well, who knows? They might 
get it at some point. In fact, we know they will get it at some point. They have to get it at some point. So no discouragement. No discouragement. And, um, yeah, this is a good article we'll have to put in our Liberator called Sin and Sinner from an 1890 journal. But And it says that the key to, the key to sin is to go and sin no more, okay? He said, what can you say that tops that? You have to stop it. And if you don't want to stop it, well, then you're going to suffer until you do. And all the prayers in the world won't change that one until you, you've decided you've had enough of it. All right. Well, there's an infinite amount more, but that's it for this morning. So we will end with fidelity. So excerpts from fidelity in miscellaneous writings. <clears throat> there is no excellence without labor, and the time to work is now. Only by persistent, unremitting, straightforward toil, by turning neither to the right nor to the left, seeking no other pursuit or pleasure than that which cometh from God, can you win and wear the crown of the faithful. The lives of great men and women are miracles of patience and perseverance. Every luminary in the constellation of human greatness, like the stars, comes out in the darkness to shine with the reflected light of God. The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. They watch the market, acquaint themselves with the etiquette of the exchange and are ready for the next move. How much more should we be faithful over the few things of spirit that are able to make us wise unto salvation? Let us watch and pray that we enter not into the temptation of ease in sin. And let us not forget that others before us have laid upon the altar all that we have to sacrifice and have passed to their reward. Too soon, we cannot turn from disease in the body to find disease in the mortal mind and its cure in working for God. Thought must be made better and human life more fruitful for the divine energy to move it onward and upward. Warmed by the sunshine of truth, watered by the heavenly dews of love, the fruits of Christian science spring upward and away from the sordid soil of self and matter. Are we clearing the gardens of thought by uprooting the noxious weeds of passion, malice, envy, and strife? Are we picking away the cold, hard pebbles of selfishness, uncovering the secrets of sin and burnishing anew the hidden gems of love? that their pure perfection shall appear? Are we feeling the vernal freshness and sunshine of enlightened faith? The weeds of mortal mind are not always destroyed by the first uprooting. They reappear like devastating witchgrass to choke the coming clover. O oh, stupid gardener, watch their reappearing and tear them away from their native soil until no seedling be left to propagate and rot.
among the manifold soft chimes that will fill the haunted chambers of memory, this is the sweetest. Thou hast been faithful. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.